and welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool, not quite NPR Chad today, but my name is Chad McCool. I am the lead pastor of First Southern Baptist Church in Westminster, Colorado, and with me, as always, is my brother from another mother, Andy Crow. Andy, how are things out there in the Bluegrass State, in well, the Commonwealth? You for that NPR Chad really, really hard. I contemplated and I it. I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it. I know the question was because I was laughing. So you have to say that again. I'm sorry. <laughs> What's going on? How how are you doing out there in Kentucky? You freezing yet? I, do what now? Are you freezing? Uh no. So the last few days have been cold. Um I actually regretted not wearing a jacket to work the other day. Um so I park on the top like one of the top levels of the parking garage. Uh, and we're right by the river. So the, the wind was whipping and it was, it was chilly, but uh, no, things are good. We're not, it's not super cold. It's fifties. You know, it's, I could wear, you know, my, my oldest is arguing with me that it's still okay to wear shorts right now. <laughs> um, and then my youngest, you know, to get him to wear a jacket will take an act of Congress and a miracle from Jesus himself. So, you know, at this point, I'm just like, you know, if you're cold, you're cold. It's not on me. Right. Eventually. Is that the, you know, is that the best parenting I think I could be doing? Probably not. But alas, that's where I'm at. You got to you gotta choose your hill to die on. And eventually, if they're cold, they'll put a jacket on. So or they'll just keep it off despite you. <laughs> either or. So, but um, as we're recording this, we're recording this later than normal because I had some congestion issues this week. Um, And if you could have heard me talk on Tuesday or Wednesday, I wasn't, you couldn't understand me. And it wasn't because of my accent or anything like that. So it's Sunday night. We both got the football game on. We're going to talk some faith here in a little bit, but I need... To tell you how my Sunday night went, Chad. This uh, this could be a new segment on the show called The Confessional. <laughs> so, um, Chad doesn't know this story yet either. It literally happened two nights. So, um, I'm still kind of the new guy at church, right? Uh, we, 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 we've joined Macedonia. Uh, we're, I'm, we're, I'm making efforts to, to get plugged in and to get to know. I joined the, the Christmas choir. Um, I, my apologies to the people that stood in the row in front of me. Um, you know, I, you know, we, we've joined a Sunday school class. I go to a Wednesday night group. They started this Sunday night thing called life group. Um, and it's a whole, it's a whole thing. And I was excited and I was like, yep, I'm going. And so I went last week and we're going through this really good book that Tom Rainier wrote. It's called, I'm a church member or something like that, but it's, it's a good study. Anyway, I digress. I get there tonight, and something just feels off, Chad. But I don't know what it is. And so I sit down, and there's a guy come up and fix your plate, and I'm like, well, I'm not really hungry. I had a big lunch. Shout out to Raisin Cane's. Um, and the canes. <laughs> you know I've only been there with you. You're welcome. And they're sprouting up here like wildfire, and I still have only been there with you. Turner, the kids love them. I but, feel like a child when I go there. It's like it's like <laughs> kids' meals for grown-ups. So, time out from my story. Mom was here this weekend. 
Um, and so she went to church with us and then we went to pick up lunch and mom was like, oh, I've never been to Cane's. And I was like, oh, cool. She goes, what are you getting? And I go, chicken fingers and fries. And yeah. she, she goes, well, what else is there? And I go, mom, it's chicken fingers and fries. Chicken fingers and fries. You know, you can get a piece of, you know, buttery goodness toast and maybe some coleslaw. But you, it's chicken fingers and fries. If you want a chicken sandwich, it's two chicken fingers on a bun. Like, yeah. it's it's chicken, mom. This is like every kid's fantasy. <laughs> Except we're middle aged now. <laughs> but I eat like a small child. Like I am. Oh, anyway. So I go up and I get some tea. Right. I took my little my University of Northern Iowa tumbler because you know, go Panthers. Um, and I fill it up with Milo's sweet tea, and I just feel something is not right. I don't get this feeling very often. It's it's like people are staring at me, and I know they're not, but I just got that feeling. And then I come back, and I sit in my chair, and I feel something cold, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I've sat in something, or I don't know what happened. And I reach down the entire left butt cheek of my jeans – has ripped open <laughs> and so i text ashley and i was like honey the back side of my pants are gone <laughs> and she's like because she stayed home with her and the boys did and uh she comes back dr wife comes back with what do you mean i said well i don't know how bad it is but it like i don't think i have a backside." <laughs> And she's like, oh, my goodness, what pants are you in? I'm like, oh, I'm in a pair of jeans. It'll be okay. And then she's like, oh, what can I do? And I'm like, I'm 30 minutes into an hour and a half meeting. Go ahead and bring me some pants. I was like, yeah, it'll be fine. So, I mean, when we split up into groups, I didn't move. Whatever group I was sitting in right then, I just stayed. Because I was like, I don't know how much of my rear is exposed. I mean, I have I have boxers on, whatever. But I mean, I'm mortified. So I'm like, I'm not moving for nothing. And when we get I haul butt, no pun intended, haul rear to get to my truck. And then I get home and I, you know, I walk in and Dr. Wife's like, oh, let me see. And I turn around and she's like, oh, baby. Like, it's gone. It's just from the scene that runs down your crack over is just ripped. Like Hulk Hogan in the 80s with a shirt. And I don't know how it happened. Like, I know that I had the book in my back pocket and it got caught on something when I was walking. And so I'm assuming that's what did it. Or I know the deacons are having a meeting about you. I have yeah, side side conversation <laughs> on here. Um, but yeah, it's like, oh, let's look at the new guy coming in with his holy jeans and thinking he's cool and hip. You're 38. Get some new pants there, big and like, <laughs> and so I haven't I haven't texted uh, Pastor Connor or Pastor Jackson to be like, hey, I just need you to know that because I'm I'm mortified at this moment. Like, and this all happened within the last four hours. So wait, time out for a second. Are are the people of this group predominantly what what's the median age of the people in the group who would have witnessed your backside in all its glory? I would say I'm I'm 38 and I'm probably one of the younger ones there. Okay, so in your defense, you're a career youth pastor. You just say, Hey, I'm just trying 
I'm just trying oh, to relate you to the youngest. I'm a career youth pastor, though. Well, now you got to let that cat out of the bag. I did. I subtly was like, oh, when I was, you know, when I was doing youth group, because we were talking about um, unity and all this. And I was like, oh, when I was in youth groups, da 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 But I was like, man, these people have seen too much of me tonight. Just, <laughs> I will say, though, it's Sunday. I showered and put on clean underwear for the week. So. For the Lord, okay. I put on clean drawers for the Lord. Oh, that's better than me not printing bulletins for church this morning. Well, just tell them, like, it could be worse. My friend Andy could have been here and you could see his butt. <laughs> you know, and I can't guarantee you that that's not going to be a sermon reference at some point. Gag me. I, I used today about the dream I had that you and I were morning, morning radio show hosts in Dale, Indiana. <laughs> Which is right up the road. That could that could happen. Right. And we were famous, but famous in Dale, because you know, the the forty people that listen to our radio show would see us at the diner in the morning or something getting coffee. Famous in Dale. Is that like I'm a I'm a New York one, but I'm an Indiana three? I don't know. That, that's like famous in Dale. Fa- famous in Dale might might just be that. I like it. I'm going to start looking for radio host openings in Dale, Indiana now, which would be the same radio stations that I listen to in the Burr. <laughs> no. Oh, good stuff, man. Landy, I got a question for you. I love questions. Um, you know anything about King Arthur? I know that he had some knights at the round table. The whole uh, sword in the stone. That sound familiar yeah, to you? Somebody couldn't pull it out, correct? Well, the one who who could remove it. Well, yeah, one person, was... but everybody tried, and they're like, I, and the only reason I can reference this is I saw a commercial for Disney World today, and, and all these people trying to pull, and this little grandma was the only one that did it. It See? made me, and so that little grandma, according to the legend, would be the rightful king. But so. In the 12th century, it's in Disney terminology, though. Well, in the 12th century in Italy, there was a a man who was destined to become a knight, and while he supposedly he has a vague conversion, by supposedly he had an encounter with with Michael the Archangel, and changed his life um, after he had been um, kind of told to to make some change in his life, and 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 live for God and, and be a servant for God. So on that spot where it happened, he had a sword and he tried to make a cross on the spot, but he was unable to cut the wood in his, in he was unable to cut the wood with his sword. So he threw his sword um, and he was, you know, at, and he basically threw it, thrust it into a, into a rock. And it says that it sank as smoothly into the stone or as smoothly into the stone as knife and as a knife and warm butter. And so this man who the King Arthur sort of legend's been taken from is one Saint Galgano. Wow. And so, Andy, it's a segue because, you know, we are men of business. I do remember that four years ago, approximately, in the Boys and Girls Club of Terre Haute parking lot, we decided to do this podcast finally. And and if anything, it was about the business of podcasts. That's what we were drawn to. And so uh, I am. I, I do feel <laughs> blessed that we do have some business to we take do. care and of. 
Let's take care of that business right now. Absolutely. All right, folks. Well, this podcast is brought to you today from the makers of St. Galgano's Armory. Visit their Etsy store to order blacksmith merchandise. Things like uh, uh, hooks and rebar bottle openers and things of that sort. A portion of all proceeds are donated to St. Stephen's Cathedral here in Owensboro, Kentucky. You, yes, you the listener, and me and Chadwick, uh, can save 10% on all purchases by entering the code HILLBILLY at the checkout. And so I've, uh, Chad has seen it online. I've actually seen some of this stuff in person and it is wicked awesome. So he puts a lot of, a lot of time and work into this stuff. Uh, he forges it himself. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's, it's a labor of love, man. Um, but these bottle openers and, and coat hooks and he's working, he's, I've seen some of the knives this dude has made. Like it's, they're pretty sweet. So, uh, you know, they've got the, the store on Etsy. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it posted on our social media. Um, go check them out. Right. Nate, you can check out um, all those goods that Andy's described at Etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. And like Andy said, if you use the code Hillbilly at checkout, you will save 10%. And, and you know, just to, to throw this out there, while it's awesome that they're sponsoring us um, and helping us out and we're, we're helping them out as well, what's, what's really cool is you have the opportunity to impact the community. Yes. Right? For a portion of every uh, item sold goes to uh, St. Stephen's here in Owensboro. Um, and St. Stephen's does a lot of awesome things in this community. And so a lot of things to help the community, uh, you know, the poor, the children, uh, just different projects and events. And so if, if you want to be a part of something that is really making some changes and making an impact in their community, this is a small way to do it. And yeah. so that's, you know, I, I know the owner very well. Um, he just a solid overall dude looking to to serve the Lord in the ways that he can. So what better way than to what talents God has given you to use those to, to better his kingdom. So, and this is a veteran-owned American Forge company. And I, I just want to just say, give a shout out to Keith, the owner. And I know he's undergone some surgery recently, and we've been praying for him. And just to continue, I just ask you to to lift Keith up in your prayers for a swift recovery. And uh, there's some really good stuff. I mean, I, I think this is not only is it, you know, stuff you can get behind and good for, the, you know, gives back to the community. Um, it looks cool and you'll you'll own something that's a, a really cool conversation piece plus useful. It's one of a kind. I mean, each one is is handmade. So um, and he's working on some some other stuff to get on there, some knives and things of that sort as well. Uh, they'll be on there soon. So I'm, I'm assuming. So, again, you know, check them out. Chad, hit him with that. Uh, hit him with that address again. It is Etsy.com slash shop. Slash Saint Galgano Armory. Galgano spelled G A L G A N O. So it's Etsy.com slash shop slash Saint Galgano Armory. Excellent, excellent.
So, Andy, we're going to continue in the five solas, right? We're up to number two. What is the second sola, sir? Sola fide. And what exactly is sola fide? Which, if you would have said that to me without me doing my research, I'd have looked at you and been like, and you too. Um, but it is is faith alone. So again, you know, we look at the five solas and it was a way it kind of letting the Pope and the establishment know, like, we're not doing this for you. We're not doing this for money. You know, we're doing this as an act of worship to our Lord. And the way we do that are these five things. Um, and so the one we're going to, we're going to cover today is Sola Fide, which is faith alone. And, and I think the the one thing about Sola Fide or, or faith alone, right, that is, this wasn't just like all the other solas, wasn't just a, a key point of difference between, you know, the, the Roman Catholic Church at that time and what became the Reformers, right? The, it wasn't just a difference between Protestants and Catholics, um, but it it is... It's a contention. It's a difference between biblical Christianity and just about every other religion and teaching. Yeah, I think a lot of people get it confused that it like this is taking shots at Catholicism. It by no means is doing that at all. No, it this merely is- goes back to that time. Like this is what the reformers really in that that time period and that that movement that martin luther sort of spearheaded by proxy um that they were corrupt you know the church at the time it was it was missing the point of true biblical christianity um and so they wanted to get back to to these things and and not really counter on the indulgences or the corruptions that had sort of infiltrated the church at that time but really get back to it an unpopular opinion is really the Western church has fallen off and is, is really forgetting about what this is. And it's kind of turned back to the overindulgence and the, uh, the all about me and power. Um, now not, not all of the Western church has done that obviously. Um, but I just, you know, you, you look at, at certain pastors in America, especially, um, you look at certain doctrines that are preached here in America, the you know the prosperity gospel and things of that. It's it's gotten away from the actual gospel message, and it's gotten away from the 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 thinking of the the solas and what what our doctrine really teaches. Well, that's a a really good point because so here like sola fide, right? Save. By by faith alone, this isn't just um, I mean, this is a key doctrine of the Bible, and really, it is a dividing line between biblical Christianity and and just about every other religion and cult, and and just about even a, any kind of secular group. Because while most, I think most religions, right, most religions and cults, well, they they show you what you need to do to be saved. Um, and it's something that's works based or, you know, you have to jump through these hoops and, and dot these I's and cross these T's. Right. And the Bible teaches us that we are not saved by works, but simply by faith alone, by God's grace through his gift of faith. And Paul, you know, I, 
I'm going to take the easy way out in this, right? Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9. Paul writes, for by... to read that. <laughs> well, you can go ahead and read it then. I've, I've just got nine. Uh, well, eight and nine say, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. And verse nine says what, Andy? Not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Because realistically, if you think about it, if I could save myself, if I could figure out a way to save myself from eternal damnation, from spending eternity away from my Lord and Savior in hell, I would I would be bragging about that. Like, look what I can do. What is the the old uh, Mad TV skit, Stuart? Look what I can do. <laughs> I mean, and and that's human nature. And you can't sit there and say that you wouldn't because. You would. Yeah, and this is, I mean, this is focused on what what God has accomplished through Christ's finished work and everything else, right? And if we were boasting, everything else is based on human achievement. And the truth is, right, there's nothing that we can do. And if, if you throw this out, if you throw out the sola fide or faith alone, then you might as well abandon the faith and the gospel's moot. Because it's it's the only way of salvation. Oh, absolutely. Because if you, I mean, yeah, I just, I can't see a way to where the gospel makes sense if it relies on me. Right. And to go back to Paul in Romans 4, uh, verses 4 and 5, he says, Now when a man works, his wages are not credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the man who does not work but trusts God who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited as righteousness. Right? Because, you know, what, what we're taught, what the Bible shows us, what the Bible teaches is that those that believers in Jesus Christ, those who trust Jesus Christ for justification by faith alone, well, we are imputed or we're, we're, we're imputed with his righteousness. Yeah, and I think like, like when we think of the gospel, right? When you think of a, the salvation story, you know, what is the one verse that everybody, you may not be a Christian, but what is the one verse everyone knows? And I hope I've set you up well with this because if you get it wrong, I'm going to look like an idiot. So like, I'm hoping I'm lobbing this up and you about to take my oop and alley it. So uh, what's the one verse, Chad? Which verse? It's in John. John 3.16? Thank you. Oh, see? See? This is a whole whole thing. I'm glad we're on the same wavelength, Chadwick. No, but I mean, if you if you look at the gospel and you and you break it down at its most literal point, and we're gonna we're gonna tell it to children, you know, kids learn this verse probably before they learn anything else. It's John 3.16. And John 3.16 really hammers home the faith aspect. Um, And so this translation, I'm reading the ESV, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him, you could take that believes and put as faith in him, should not perish but have eternal life. Right? So it's our our faith in Jesus, our belief that, that Jesus can and will justify us right that he will forgive us because we have our faith put in him 
that we're going to be able to see him in glory one day, right? That we're going to spend time with the saints and, and our loved ones in glory one day because of we've been made whole through our faith. You know, and, and Martin Luther had talked about this as basically that, that faith alone, it is, he said that this was the article with and by which the church stands, that those who reject sola fide reject the only gospel that can save them and by necessity they embrace they will just go ahead and embrace a false gospel and if we look in in galatians 1 9 right is why paul paul so like he he denounced those who who either taught law keeping or works like a a, a faith a works-based faith and in galatians 1 9 he said as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Yeah, and I, I think really, at least in America, we're taught that we can do everything ourselves, right? Oh, absolutely. So the having to put our faith in something else something bigger than us when we think that we are what the sun rotates around. I think it's a really hard concept. But I mean, if you look overseas and where the church is <clears throat> really thriving, um, especially in the, the church in the Middle East, the church, uh, the underground church in China and, and the Koreas, um, I mean, think about the faith they have to have to do what they're doing. Because the penalty that they have, if they get caught exercising what we take for granted every Sunday and Wednesday, right, is mind-blowing. Like, I want to have faith like that. I want to be able to, to put my, to, to step out on faith like they are and i would like to think that if push came to shove and it came to that here i would but then you also look at the selfish aspects of our life and you have to wonder like would i um i mean thankfully we're not in those situations now but i mean faith is one of those things it's not just something that we say like you have to act on that faith you have to legit put your whole heart, soul, and mind behind that faith that, you know, Christ is is the one who saves us. And yeah, it's easy to say it, but to live that faith out is, is something different. It is. And I think this has taken sort of a backseat. And I, I just want to let you know, spoiler alert, that the Bengals have beaten the Ravens. Just came through on my TV. Um. But there's there's some confusion around this, right? Because while the the Bible says faith apart from works, and that is truly the essence of sola fide, but the Bible also says that not by faith alone. Um, you know, by in Philippians one, by grace are you saved, not of works, but by the will of God through Jesus Christ. But Paul also wrote, um. He who raised us, who raised us up, right? Christ from the dead will raise us up also if we do his will and walk in his commandments. 
So what's confusing about this? Is this is there confusion or are they contradictory? Uh, I think if you look at it from a surface level, yeah. But I mean, you know, faith without works is dead. Right. So our faith and, and, and trust in Jesus to do what he said he would do is going to cause us to work toward the gospel. Right. It's going to cause us to put that faith into action. And so, no, like our works aren't saving us. It's our faith in Christ that saves us. But it's also our faith in Christ that's going to cause us to want to do those works. And I yeah, mean, I, I once heard the faith without works is dead described as um, riding a bicycle with one pedal. You can't get very far. That hurts me thinking about that. Right. You can't get very far. Although like the uh the Peloton or the Nordic track, whatever you want to call it, those little bikes, you can get those suckers going and just ride that one pedal, but you you gotta have two to start them. But now, I do think now I, I see cartoons spinning in circles. <laughs> I, I do think that we're you know when we're born again and we're made into new creatures in Christ, right? That definitely that happens solely by faith. Um, that happens apart from works, but that transformation really drives us to want to do works, not for our salvation or for, you know, for anything that we can achieve, not, not for salvific purposes, but really to, to honor Christ and to do, you know, to truly be his hands and feet and do what we're called. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't tell you the amount of times that I've had this conversation with students like there has there, there's something transformed transformative about the salvific experience, right? When you truly experience the saving love of Christ and you come to faith in that, something changes. Uh, what what is it? The old man is dead. If I'm crucified with Christ, it's no longer I that live. That Christ lives within me. Mm -hmm. And so. I recognize that my life is dead now. The old me is gone. You know, we say we baptize, at least I do because I'm old. <laughs> at least I feel old. It's, you know, buried in the waters of baptism, raised to walk in a newness of life. Right? So we die to ourselves. There that old sin that we were just living in without, without one thought of, oh, man, I bet this is bad. Um, now, like if we're still doing that, was there ever a change? And right, that that change that comes what makes us want to walk away from that old lifestyle, as hard as it may be at first, and it makes us want to to live this lifestyle that Christ showed us, right? Of loving our neighbor, of working to to get them to see the gospel. Um, at taking care of the poor and the widowed and the sick and the dying. Um, you know, I, walking through that nursing home on Saturday and seeing the people there that are alone, that I can only assume they don't get many visitors because they, you know, you make eye contact with them and they just get so excited hoping that you're going to come talk to them. We should be going to talk to them. Yes. Amen. Right? We should, that should be a want. We should want to love on them, right? We should want to be there with them. And it is our faith in Christ Jesus that makes us want to do that.
Well, and I think when I, I think in Galatians six, Paul says basically that right, if we put to death the deeds of the body, then we will live. And I, I don't think he's talking about works as salvific, right? That we're going to be saved by works. But I do think that as long as we're doing good and we're saved, and if we don't grow tired in doing good, then we're going to reap this life, right? This this time, our time here on earth, this earthly life is going to be worth it. Um, you know, it, it doesn't mean that, you know, we we need to have the, we can't grow tired of it. We have to enjoy going to talk to people at assisted living facilities or, you know, praying with people who need prayer or, or reaching out to a student or whatever it is that we're doing, working with the homeless, whatever, whatever, you know, orphans and widows, whatever myriad of things that we could be doing as believers. Um, as long as we, now I'm not going to say that maybe instances of that don't make us feel weary or tired, but at the overall thing, I mean, it's what we're called to do. Yeah, and I think the caveat to that is we can do all that stuff and it still be in vain, right? If we're oh, absolutely. It, if we're only doing it to check off a box and to make it look like we're such good people and we're trying to build us up. It can't be that. obligatory and it definitely isn't a, uh, it's not a hashtag moment. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not the snap on your Instagram. Look at me, I'm helping the homeless. Right. Um, and, you know, and I'll do that. Like, I, there are plenty of times that our youth group would do something like my youth group would serve in the church, like they would run sound or they would, you know, they would sing or they would do take up the offering, uh, pass communion. Uh, and I'll probably get some heat on that. But um, on Sundays that I would preach, I would have my youth group pass the communion instead of the deacons or elders. Um, but, you know, come at me, bro. Um I would take pictures of that and be like, oh, I love to see my youth serving. Or, you know, my wife would snap a picture of me, you know, in the pulpit preaching. Or, you know, I would, when our kids would do something, you know, we would get together with the youth group and we'd all take a picture. Um, I, I don't think that is the, hey, look at us. I think that's just for memory's sake. Absolutely. I don't, I don't think that that's the, but if it's the sort of... Oh, you know, look at me helping the homeless. I'm painting this room for the fifth time this summer. Right. No, the, then it, you're, this is your reward, right? You're really, it, it's, it's got to be, you know, wholehearted and with with a heart that you're doing this. Right. I think about in, in James, James 2.18, right? He says, a man may say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. And again, I don't believe he's talking about salvation and he's not born again through anything through works but that it really that our faith in our faith in jesus and in our being new creations that should propel us to want to do these works again not out of obligation but say, out of compassion i'm sorry what's that say that quote again for me uh james 2 18 if I remember, I says a, a man may say you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Cool. Yeah. So I, I heard that wrong the first time and I was real confused. I can do that to people. So, but no, I mean, yeah, that's, that's it. Like if people will know our faith by our works, 
Right. We we talked about it in in group tonight when I was wearing a half a pair of pants, I guess. Um that I mean it's it's now I've lost all track of thought. I'm sorry. Um the Yep, I've lost my train of thought. Oh man. Well, a- I think even when we, we come back to that James what you know what James says, um I don't think that it's, you know, you have to question, you can't have faith. So you can't, I believe you can't have faith and not have works. Again, we're not saved by works, but once we are saved by faith, if you don't have that desire to work, and I'm not saying run around and show people, I think a lot of times the works that we do, it's it's quiet, it's not it's not being broadcast all over the place or, you know, again, to taking pictures or, or making huge, uh, huge statements about it. But if your heart doesn't have that pull to do works, uh, I I question about even if you have faith, I think they go hand in hand. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that there are some people that, you know, claim to have faith and they check off all the boxes, right? I'm in church every time the doors are open. Check. I put my money in the plate. Check. I, you know, I do X, Y, and Z. Check, check, check. But there's something different about it, right? There's, sure, there's there's love. And sure, there's this. and But the work, it's more of a, it's more of a look at me and look what I can do. Right? It's, it's the going back and you're looking at scripture, the widow's might, right? She puts in a, you know, a minuscule amount of money. And then all these, these rich people are just waiting to be seen. And when the right person's looking, they're dumping like hundreds of hundreds of thousands of dollars, essentially. Sure. These, these offering bins, but it's, they're doing that because well, look at me, look what I can do. And then Jesus, you know, he hammers that out real quick. Right? You gave because you thought it would make you look good. She gave because she knew she needed to. Right? She had faith that even though she gave everything she had, she knew that God would provide for her. You gave, which is essentially the same amount she gave looking at all that you have. And you're not going to, that's not stretching your faith at all. That's just trying to get people to look at you. Well, I think we see visions of, sorry, go ahead. I cut you off. No, and I was going to say, you know, much like every other thing that we've talked about, it comes down to a heart issue. Mm. Good point. You know, your faith without works is dead because your heart is dead. Right? I, I, I think life without Christ is death. Plain and simple. Life without Christ is death. Whether we may be alive, but we're dead. Dead men walking into graves bound for an uh, eternal torment. Right? And then we put our faith in Christ and we have these these works and this this realization that, man, dry bones have come to life because we've taken the heart of our savior and, and now that heart has replaced our heart 
and his heart becomes our heart and our heart becomes his heart and we we want the same things and we're working you know me and you and 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 christians everywhere are working together with the same heart moving forward i think it all comes back to a heart issue yeah and i think that's that's truly the key for so many like you said to piggyback on that that's truly the key of so many things where we fall short fall short and i think we see so many examples of faith even throughout you know throughout both testaments um and clearly i think about even in act 16 when the philippian jailer asks paul what what must we do to be saved and paul simply says believe in the lord jesus and you shall be saved um and then we see that easily throughout paul's writings in romans and galatians um that you know we are that the doctrine of justification of faith or rather i should say justification by faith um the show simply that where those letters really just prove and continue to beat on the fact that we are justified by faith alone apart from works of our own hand by any kind um and i think that's been the interpretation uh throughout history but it seems like I don't know. It just seems like it's taken a back seat lately or, or, or in the last few years. And it seems like it's not, it's not as important or pivotal anymore. No, because I think that it gets twisted. And I, I really, I think we're pushing works more. I mean, if you, I'm not, seems like that. It. So let me, let me pivot off of where I was going. Cause that was going to light a fire that I don't know that I'm ready to, to tackle from this platform yet. Um, but I mean, I think if you look at some of the tribes that we've been a part of, and I think if you look at the gospel that they're, they're preaching, I think it, it contradicts the actual gospel quite a bit in certain areas. And I think it pushes a workspace thing a, a little more. And I think society because of the lifestyle that we live in America, where we work for everything, um, and I'm not, I'm not advocating that we don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. Um, that's Dr. Wife's favorite phrase that I use. Um, so I'll, get, I'll hear about that. <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're taught from a young age, you got to work for things. Like my, my oldest, he now has a, a video game system in his room and he's playing these games with his friends. Um, and he's like, oh, I want to buy this and I want to get this for it. I want to get this for it. And I was like, bro, like you have to work for that. Like I'm, you're not getting, I'm not just going to give you money just for that. You have to work for it. Yeah. Like we're taught at a young age. We have to work for things. We get, you know, I remember as a kid, I got an allowance. Um, I remember that if I, if I did, if I went to school every day, like I didn't fake sick, right. If I went to school every day, I didn't argue with Mama and and mom and I did like I kept my room clean. I got five dollars a week. And I you know, I'd get that that five dollars and I'd get Mama or Mom would take me to Walmart and I'd get a new wrestling figure because I, I loved wrestling at the time. At the time. At the time. I was about to say I say like I still don't. <laughs> it's real to me, dang it. Um but I uh you know, I'd go buy that new wrestling figure, then I'd come home and 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 Doctor Wife she chuckles at this, but like I had the ring and everything, and like I'd have my little cassette player 
and all of the good guys, you know, when I would do the, I would like have full on announcement. Do you have walkout music and everything I for did. them? All the good guys had the same walkout music. Um, it, cause I had a Michael Jackson, it was black or white by Michael Jackson. Uh-huh. All the good guys had the black or white and then all the bad guys got nothing. Cause I didn't have, I, I got tired of fast forwarding and flipping tapes. So I wasn't, I wasn't that technical yet just to, you know, show our age here. Uh, but you're older than me, so that's fine. But, um, <laughs> but like that, I had to work for that. To now see, I'm off the candy rants and I'm on to the toy rant. Um, but but I had to work for that, and so we're taught at such a young age to work that that it's it's dribbled over into the gospel to where now we have to work for it. Well, if you're not doing X, Y, and Z, and you're not doing it, then then are you really saved? If you're not building these micro churches, if you're not if you're not you know sitting around with your neighbors on your, your front porch drinking IPAs and listening to them talk about their problems all the time. Are you even a Christian, bro? And so like, why are we working for it? Like, let's work because of it, but I don't want to work for it. So I, I think that you're exactly right. Although I do like your IPAs on the porch reference. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, do, I, I I know. So, I know, it, it just hit because really annoyed me. I know some of those guys. I, I've witnessed that the <laughs> the IPAs on the porch. Um, you know, Jesus never made Jesus never made any like formal um any kind of any kind of formal discourse on the doctrine of justification of faith alone, just as, you know, not like what Paul did in his letter, but I do believe that sola fide, well, it, it sort of permeates throughout all of Jesus's gospel preaching. Um, I think it's safe to say that Jesus taught sola fide. And I think oh, about in John five, verse 24, Jesus, it's Jesus himself, says, he who hears my word and believes has passed out of death into life, right? So you've passed out of death into life without, without going any ritual, without any, any waiting period. Um, and, and I think one of your favorites, right, the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross is the classic example of faith alone, because on very little evidence, on minimal evidence of his faith, Jesus said to him in Luke 23, truly I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. Again, no ritual, no work was required of him to be saved. Absolutely. And I think we see uh, the physical evidence of, of Jesus' power to forgive sins and those uh, the many healings, right, when he healed and we see this throughout the Gospels. When he healed, he basically, you know, he said a lot of times, your faith has made you well. Um, and I think each and every one of those healings that we see throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, um, all those healings were, they were lessons on faith alone. But I think, I think there's one time where Jesus actually said someone was justified or declared someone justified. It kind of is sort of maybe one of the best gives the best insight into faith alone because 
he told this story, right? And, and Jesus said in, in Luke 18, um, he told this parable of, of those who trusted in themselves is that, that they were righteous and viewed others with contempt and said two men went up into the temple to pray, right? One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and was praying to himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, swindlers, the unjust, right? Adulterers or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay, I pay all tithes of everything that I get. You know, and basically he was the, the equivalent of the, you know, the hashtag humble brag. Um, but the tax uh, collector, you know, was standing some distance away and he was, he was really, it says that he was unwilling to lift his eyes up to heaven, but he was beating his chest and saying, God, please have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus says, I tell you, this man went down to the house justified rather than the other for everyone who exalts himself shall be humbled, but he who humbles himself shall be exalted. Um, and I think that was shocking in Jesus's day um, to his listeners. And it, it still is a little, maybe at times shocking to, to some of us as well, because, you know, they trusted in themselves that they were righteous. Um, and I think we see that a lot today and that by itself, right? That is the definition of self-righteousness. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we fall into these rigid legalistic standards even today. And, and you know, I, I talked with a gentleman today who wants to let me know how he fasts regularly and him and his church are, are fasting and, and they're making a big deal about it and all this. And I think it's great. I think we don't fast enough as believers in this country, particularly in the United States. But I also think that Jesus told us um, to clean ourselves up and not make ourselves look like we were, you know, that we were fasting. And it's something that we, we shouldn't necessarily be broadcasting, if that makes sense. Well, I think that's a, that's a definitely, a, and I don't do it near as much as I should, um, but I think it's a personal thing. It's it's not something that you you share. That's it's between you and God, right? And I, I think back even in Matthew five when Jesus says, you know, the shocking thing that unless your righteousness surpasses right all of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And and he follows this up later on in Matthew five by, "You are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect," and so. Jesus is preaching a standard that's impossible, right? It's humanly impossible, which is what the Pharisees had done, even with the law, with the laws that they were adding. They've made it impossible. And Jesus also is clearly setting that humanly impossible standard because no one, no one could surpass the rigorous living of the scribes and Pharisees. Right. Oh, absolutely. And so the only way truly is by faith alone. There is absolutely nothing we can do. And I, I think that's that's really a good stopping point too, to, to realize that, yes, we're going to have works, but those works come through our faith because Amen. we're not going to, we're not going to meet a standard. Like the standard that we're held up against is is so impossible 
that if we didn't reflect him and rely on him, we're not getting anywhere. And, Amen. Uh, I mean that, and it's it's amazing that the gift that he gives us. Oh, it is. It is this gift of radical grace that that we clearly, clearly do not deserve and could never earn, earn no matter what we do. No, and I mean, you look at, at people, oh, well, you know, I'm not that bad of a person, right? I, I've never killed anybody. Uh, we're doing this study of the Ten Commandments, actually, right now uh, in our Sunday school class. And it's just been really eye-opening because I think for so long, I've I've read the Ten Commandments as a legalistic document. Really? Okay, that's interesting. We might have to do a an ep on that because I'm, you know, I'm a firm believer, right? That the, they're still in play. That no, yes, Jesus I, fulfilled the law, but I, you, I, yeah, it's funny. I wholeheartedly that's interesting that you see. I wholeheartedly they're in play, but I've just yeah. always looked at them as, as you know, rules. Sure. And oh yeah. Don't, don't take the time to look at the heart behind them. Right when, like you know, the 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 one on the Sabbath, right? There, you look at, at Jesus' heart. Like we're going to labor hard, right? It's not going to be easy, but let's let's take some time to rest. Let's rest in the Lord, and then let's approach the week from rest and not rest because of the week of the week, right? Yeah. If we if we come into our week from a posture of rest rather than coming into a week of dreading going, Oh my God, I didn't get enough rest. But if we actually come into it with a heart of rest and we actually rest, I think the week changes a little bit. And so I think the 10 commandments are, are, I don't think, you know, I've been moved to believe that the 10 commandments are really at the heart of, of God and his love for us. Amen. Um, and so when you when you look at that and then you look at the standard we're held to, like you break one of the ten, you've broken them all. Right. So, yeah, you can well, sit there and never killed anybody. And I'll tell you this. There's a great book on the Ten Commandments that you should read by Thomas Watson. Um, it's I mean, it's it, it's a you know, this book's from the 1600s. Um, it still, I think, is the best book ever written about the Ten Commandments. And Watson really then gets you with the 10th that when you break it when you've broken the 10th just the 10th by itself you break all 10 in one fell swoop oh absolutely because it, it causes all of them into that one but that's our it, watson's book on the 10 commandments is great and for an old book it's still it's not a truly difficult read getting past the old english yeah so but i mean you you break those and you realize you break one you break them all yeah I have killed somebody with anger in my heart. Yes, mm -hmm. I have adultery by looking at that person over there. Yeah, I have mistreated my parents. Sure. Yeah, I've done X and I've done so. That alone makes me nothing but filthy rags. Mm. I hold my filthy rag up and Jesus is like, yep, that, that one's with me. I said, yeah. it could and that filthy rag is now just the most pristine white you could ever see. Amen. Right. And so this this free gift, it should change your heart. It should. 
not saying that there's not going to be slip ups and screw ups and whatnot, because Lord knows I have messed up more than my fair share since I've been on this this walk. But again, that faith brings that all forgiving grace. Amen. I think that's a I'm not even going to give you the last word, brother, because that's a good last word. I like it. You're welcome. <laughs> well, I want to encourage you to visit etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory and, and check out those uh, those really cool forged goods that they have out there. And you can connect with us on Twitter at Hill Hipster Pod, or you can email us. Our email address is hillhipsterpod at gmail.com. Um, you can email us with, with uh, maybe you want topic requests or questioning Andy's uh, choice in pants purchases or his <laughs> belief that wrestling is still real. We're going to have to break that out on another ep. Um, maybe we'll have a Ten Commandments series in the future. Look, can we talk about my pants again real quick? I'm pretty sure those jeans are like four or five years old. So they've they've seen their fair share of goodness. Um, they, I mean, their time was coming to an end, I'm guessing. But uh, if you're going to go out, man, and you're, you're close, go out with a bang. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, I, I have a T-shirt from college that's nearly 30 years old. And I think I would cry if I got a hole in it. Now I have some shirts, yeah, that I would die if if they got ruined. But I don't I don't wear jeans a lot anymore because I can't wear them to work. Um, since you know I have to dress professional now, I can't walk into work looking like a youth pastor. So, why is it that we never have sentimental feelings for pants, but always for shirts? And that that's that's going to be the last word. I'm going to leave you with that to ponder. Why are we never sentimental about pants? No, I would say I am. I had a favorite pair of pants that I sold furniture when we lived in Iowa and I was moving a painting off the wall and I slipped and did the splits um, like falling from a ladder and did the splits and ripped. I mean, all the way down. Now, I may have some inside baseball because I now know you for a while, but this is a common theme in your life. It's because I like, I don't buy new clothes, man. It's I the splitting of the pants. Off. Right, but I don't I don't buy new clothes. So I'll wear those bad boys until the seams give out. Uh, okay. So it's, I when it comes to clothing, I'm cheap. Right? Like, oh, I've got, you know, three or four pair of jeans. That's enough. I don't need more. Oh, I've got six six shirts. I'm good. That's fine. And then when at one point, they're all going to give out roughly at the same time. At the I'm same time. Wearing, I'm roughly about wearing the jeans, worried that I, about the jeans I'm going to wear tomorrow because they're not that young either. So it's like, I, now I'm going to have to buy all new pants. It's Biden's fault. All right, guys. Uh, <laughs> Twitter and the email. Let us know. And uh, you know, uh, it's the with supply chain issues. You're not getting new jeans. You better start patching those. Make make the serious make, make the Zoom lady talk. We're gonna get in a lot of trouble. All right.
Well, y'all be blessed. Um, we appreciate you listening again. It's at Hill Hipster Pod on Twitter. You can email us at hillhipsterpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to visit the St. Galgano Armory Etsy store. God bless you all. Andy, it's been, it's been a good one. It's been fun. We'll talk to you guys next time. We love you. All right.